and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we are going to head up to Dracula's Castle to, you know, I don't exactly know what we're doing there. I think we're trying to, like, solicit houses or something. Uh, we're also going to get onto the Demeter and, like, go on a voyage, I guess, being a vampire and shit. And then we're also going to, like, transfuse blood into, like, some lady um anyway but like besides all that though uh today we are going to be covering 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula directed by Francis Ford Coppola now I will say we are in the spooky season we are in October right now so you know of course we had to like fucking do a scary movie obviously and this is a pretty big one because there is such a history to dracula but i will say i was not the one who decided to do this i was actually recommended to do this by somebody who i now have on the show as a guest so you have heard him on this podcast before uh, twice you've heard him with uh the episode of heathers we did and then also with him and his uh new husband uh when we did showgirls back in september but Please welcome to the show again, uh, Mr. Donovan Marcotte. Hey, Donovan, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I am hello. so excited, so happy that you have brought me back to talk yes. about one of my favorite films of all time. So excited to be here. I I am happy to have you, and I'm interested to see why this is one of your favorite films. By the time <laughs> you're hearing this, Donovan will be a new married man, so congrats on that, of course, of course. Thank you. And because we're recording this in the past, I hope everything goes well. You have a nice <laughs> little honeymoon or like whatever the hell, it's all good. But queer yeah. love is wonderful, and we need to support all queer things because exactly. the, some of the rest of the world is trying to take us the fuck down. We're not going to get into it here. This is a fun, no. nice podcast. You're here to talk <laughs> anyway, about vampires, damn it. We got to talk about vampires, god damn it. But anyway, Donovan, here's the thing. So, I mean, I, I will say, like, I am somebody who vampires, I'm a horror head. I love horror so much. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, vampires are one of those things where I am not, like, the hugest on every vampire movie. The ones I've seen, I mean, I've seen, like, the Mexican version of Dracula, which was fun. I'm not even gonna lie. Mm-hmm. So when you brought this Great. to my yeah. attention, right? It was good. But um, but I haven't seen the original one because it just mm-hmm. wasn't streaming anywhere when I was watching it. Anyway, but I will say this: when you brought this to my attention and you were like, I want to do Dracula, like I'll do that. That's one of the episodes I'll do with you. I was like, okay, great, we'll do that for spooky season, right? And I literally thought you meant the 1931 yeah. Dracula. And so it wasn't until I like made an appointment with you. I was like, okay, like let's do this or like whatever. And I literally, you were like, wait a minute. Are you thinking we're doing the old one? Cause I want to do the new one from the nineties. I was like, oh shit, you're right. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> cool. We can do that one. That's fine. So yeah. That's how much of a, a little bit of a moron I am, but it's fine. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, I mean, oh, I guess he just really likes get... Dracula. But okay. I, I mean, I do. And like, I could talk for days about all of the different in- yeah. incarnations of Dracula, I mean, right. including the 1931 classic, which by the time we get to October, you should be able to stream. It streams on Peacock. It oh, also good. streams on Criterion. Okay, so everyone know that. All right, if you haven't already mm-hmm. seen it, you might be able to watch it in the next few days. Exactly. So fucking yeah. do it. Yeah, you have to see that. Yeah, I I do. I mean, yeah. who directed that again? I forget. Todd was Browning. Oh, uh, that's what I yeah. kind of figured. I always get him and James mm-hmm. Whale mixed up a little bit, even though yep. I know one of them's a gay and I think one of them's not. But yeah, because Todd Whale Browning did 
Yeah, he's the gay. Ooh, gods and monsters, bitch. Gods and monsters. Ooh. Oh, that's such a fucking Ooh, good we movie. Can't. Ooh, it's so good. You see Brandon Fraser's yeah. butt. It's a whole thing. You see mm-hmm. Dick. It's great. Anyway, sorry, Ian McKellen being gay. It's great. Anyway, mm-hmm. so, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, because D- Todd Browning did Dracula and he did Freaks, right? And he like did Freaks, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. That's how much, that's how I know stuff. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I know. But vampire movies are not exactly my favorite. I mean, I've seen sure. the 1931 Mexican one. Great. Lovely. Okay. I have, I have not seen the Hammer ones with Christopher Lee, even though I love Christopher okay. Lee. It's great. Near Dark was have really interesting. Interview with a vampire? I have. And that one is pretty fun okay. too. Because Kirsten Dunst, like, love her. You she know, slays but, all, uh-huh. you know, like 11 years old, just fucking yes. slaying the house down. Yeah. Um, also another just queer as hell vampire movie. It is very queer, yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. that, like Near Dark was really interesting, um, directed mm-hmm. by Catherine Bigelow, Bill Paxton's yeah. there. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good pretty one, good. Too. Yeah, it doesn't stream that much, but it does every so often. And of course, for me, Fright Night is where it's at. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, come on. But uh, mm-hmm. but no, anyway, so talk about vamps. I haven't finished it. That's my thing. Okay. And All I right. love Alex Winter because I don't know if you already know this, but I'm a Bill and Ted head. I love those characters a lot. And he is one of the Lost Boys, technically. Yeah. And I'm just like, I tried watching it. And I also like Diane Weiss, too. And I was just like, I just didn't finish it, but I'll get around to it at some point. Okay. I don't know when. Okay. But anyway, okay. Uh, it'll happen. But but anyway, so I guess to talk about this, I mean, what is it to you, Donovan Marcotte? What is it to mm-hmm. you about vampires that makes you interested in them to want to talk to another gay like me about them? I guess, like, oh, what what is gosh. it about them? I oh, this is such a good question. Uh, I think, I mean, just from the beginning of vampire lore, like it, it has been inextricably linked with queer culture. I mean, like going back to the early days of vampire literature, we have things like um, Carmela, which is the very sapphic, lesbianic vampire novel that was written. Um, You have, you know, the story of how Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein um, and that whole trip where it was her and it was um, Lord Byron. And then the guy that was in love with Lord Byron and he, and he wrote a whole vampire tale about basically Lord Byron being like the proto Dracula, which is really, really interesting. And, and I just think that there's something about vampires where you're, 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 you have, you're humanistic, but you're not. There's that otherness where I think in queer literature, queer cinema, whatever, there's a lot of duality between you're a part of this world, but you're not. Um, there's an otherness that I find very interesting. And I think that also with specifically like this version of Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, because it was made in the nineties, sort of post AIDS crisis, but still very much in the, in the thick of it stuff where they talk about blood transfusions and the diseases of the blood. And also there's that great line by Van Helsing where he says both syphilism talking about syphilis and civilization advanced together, um, which I think is just so, super right on the nose. I have the movie on in the background right now and I'm watching it and I'm just like, I just adore this movie. I I think also my mom is the one that I have to credit to being a 
influence in me uh, about this film. This was one of her favorite movies. And so it was on heavy rotation in my house growing up. I watched this movie far younger than I probably should have. Um, I was probably like four or five years old the first time I saw this film and it just made like an indelible impression. I know you're laughing right now, but yeah, like no four or five year old has any business watching Bram Stoker's Dracula, but you know, oh my God. into the, yeah. you know, the queer little weirdo that I am today, <laughs> but I am obsessed with this film. I've seen it. I can't even count it. I mean, hundreds of times, at least at this point, I mm-hmm. had it on VHS. I had the bare bones DVD. I had the like, now I have the 4k, which has like all of the special features, which is great. I have like mm-hmm. making of, I've seen all the documentaries. I have a making a book about it. Like it is, this movie is a litmus test for pretty much every major relationship in my life. I've right. like guys that I've guys that I've dated, right. We, we've, we've all been there, right. Where it's like, sure. you put on that movie and you're like, if you can't hang with this bitch, then I don't know if we can keep seeing each other. And luckily I specifically, my- I specifically, if you can't sit down and watch jawbreaker and just get it, like, mm-hmm. I don't even want you as a friend half the time. Yeah. Exactly. I really don't. Yeah. Like, we, no and, and nor would i either like if you can't hang with jawbreaker then get the fuck out sorry yeah. and and kind of the same with this movie too like i just i love vampires i love all sorts of like vampire lore and like from stuff like this like classical vampires to like twilight even to even like neo vampire stuff like um uh only lovers left alive is a great film too if you haven't seen that one it is just something that i love and i love talking about so i'm very excited to be here with you today i love that Mm -hmm. but thank you thank you for telling me about that i love that you were just so vulnerable to tell me about your love of vampires (laughs) that's so wonderful yeah no i i totally can get that and i think what you say about that is totally fair like there is this otherness to just the idea of vampires um it was always kind of kind of i think especially with male vampires like you know there's always this kind of like queer this kind of weird not weird but like yeah it's a queer type of sensibility mm-hmm. to them um where they just well, and, never seemed very masculine where no, it was kind well, of like, okay there's something so like sexual about the vampire that yeah. you don't see in a lot of other monsters right you know because with the you know the vampire they have to physically bite you they have to physically touch you in a place that's usually very sensitive or private and you don't see that in other monster lore you know so there's something inherently sexual with the vampire which you know just makes them that much cooler yeah exactly so i think you know in that situation i think that's why queer folks i'm sure can understand what they can feel a certain kinship with vampires and vampire stories mm-hmm. uh, for that. Uh, I also think uh, it's good that you mentioned like Mary Shelley and all that. And if you haven't already done so, not you, Donovan specifically, but anybody <laughs> who hasn't um, already watched on Shutter or AMC Plus, whichever you get, um, if you haven't already watched Queer for Fear, which is the little four part mm-hmm. miniseries they have, mm-hmm. little doc series. Um, they talk about Mary Shelley and just how much of a goth she was. And yeah. just talking about, like, you know, hey, this is why like werewolf stories can be kind of an allegorical sort of thing with transness. Um mm-hmm. to a point. Uh vampires can kind of be this sort of other 
to queer people and um you know there mm-hmm. is some linkage there and, and just yeah. talking about queer people in horror so if you haven't already watched it definitely go check that out if you have shutter or amc plus um you know mm-hmm. to you can find out more about gay horror things but also amc plus have to plug the amc <laughs> interview with a vampire series if you're not watching it oh. you should be watching it if you're listening to this podcast you should be you should be watching that for sure because it is gay as hell is it is it good oh it's so good do yeah. you have to have watched the movie to uh no. like like it or to get uh, into it? no no because it's it's a retelling of the book so okay. even if you never saw the 1994 interview with the vampire like you could watch this and it would just be like mm-hmm. a fresh new take on it yeah okay good 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 to know um what about what about your thoughts of queen of the damned i like how we're just talking about vampires but this is totally yeah. fine Queen of the Dam, you know, we we love her. There's a soft spot in my heart for Queen of the Dam. It is so troubled and so flawed, Ooh, but you know, yeah. it's you know, we we got a killer soundtrack out of it. We got all uh-huh. those great songs. Lovely know, Aaliyah being in the lead, pretty much lovely, being the yeah. Lovely Aaliyah, you know, just you know, cut down in her prime, but damn, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Is it is it great? No, but like right. you know, if you love vampires, you should watch it. Yeah, I might watch that because it's on my Hulu to watch. It was on Hulu at least by the time it's streaming now, or when we're yeah. recording, it's streaming. So like, it might I've been be off there to now. Watch it too. Yeah, but I want to exactly. watch it. So who knows? Maybe that's what I'll spend the time after this doing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but to go into just a little bit about this particular. So I mean. Mm-hmm. I can go into like some basics about like what Dracula is. So obviously Dracula was written by a guy named Bram Stoker uh, back in the 1800s. And yeah, do you know, 18, do you have 1999, I think. Okay. Do you have any particular off your head kind of things about why Bram Stoker wrote Dracula or what was his influence for that? I guess like anything you want to share? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and I will be paraphrasing phrasing greatly here so totally, that's i hope fine. no one is no one citing our sources for this one um, come at me but, right <laughs> yeah so bram stoker very interesting guy um was rumored also to be a closeted homosexual himself he grew up in ireland he got his love for ghosts and mysticism and the occult from his mom who would tell him scary stories at night um so i i feel that kind of kinship there with him and then he was working for this this theater in London, the Lyceum Theater, and he was working for a guy named uh, Lord Henry Irving, who was like the, the the main actor. He was like the guy that would like be the star in all of the shows. And he also had a very tempestuous relationship with him. Um, it was a, it was rumored that he was in love with him. Um, also, this guy Henry Irving just sounded like a total dick and like would take advantage of him and overwork him, et cetera, et cetera. So Henry Irving was sort of like again a an, an analogy for what Dracula would eventually become. So he was writing this vampire story, and by that point, several other vampire stories had been written in history, like things like Carmela, Barney the Vampire was another one. But it wasn't until he discovered the history of Vlad the Impaler that he sort of appropriated that history into what would become the book Dracula. He was, I think, like thumbing through an encyclopedia and saw Vlad the Impaler, read about him, and was like, oh, this guy would be like a, a great character in a, in a story. So he decided to base his vampire off of, um, you know, the story of, of Dracula and, and um, you know, 
all of that. And we can get into the history of Vladimir Paler if you want, but um, just for the purposes of, of right. Dracula. Yeah. 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 I think um, it's also good to note that there are some people who also argue that with the uh, influence for Dracula, that also it could have been um, influenced a little bit by the Countess Elizabeth Bathory as well. That so too. just to kind of yeah. throw it in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's that's a good point to make as well. But I mean, we can go over like a little bit of like what exactly Vladimir who he was. Um, pretty much, he was a big guy in the Middle Ages, and I guess what he was was he like a wartime criminal or something like that, or, or what was he? Was, he I guess? So he was like a a Romanian noble, and mm-hmm. he uh, he has a very interesting history where like. So he grew up in the Middle Ages in Romania. Um, yeah. Romania bordered the Ottoman Empire at the time. Right. Um, so he was sold off by his dad to go be a prisoner of war for the mm-hmm. Ottomans. He lived He lived with them for a, a period of time, which is where he picked up all of those weird and sadistic torture tactics and came back to Romania after his father passed away. He took up the, he was basically the ruler of Romania, or mm-hmm. at least a, 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 a piece of Romania at the time, sure. and um, was basically tasked from by the Holy Roman Empire to keep the Ottomans, the, the Muslims, out yeah. of what was, you know, Christian Europe. Yeah. And so he became infamous for all of these war tactics of, you know, impaling people, mm-hmm. um, beheading people. There's like that famous picture of of him that drawing of him like sitting at a table eating and drinking and there's like just thousands of impaled bodies all around him so and and you know was like people feared him and 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 because he was so like bloodthirsty there were rumors that he was he was a vampire he was undead you know he um and then weird weird stuff about how he how he died so his his grave is empty he hasn't he there's a grave that you can visit, but there's no body in there. No right, one knows right. what happened to his body. And so that just kind of adds to like the lore of, you know, whether or not he was actually a vampire because we don't know where his body ended up. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a good kind of like primer for, for that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, pretty much like, I guess Bram Stoker, like he wrote this book and he took, it took him a couple years to write this book. Really. I think a book came mm-hmm. out in 1897, but he was re- writing it throughout mm-hmm. the decade before it came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of good for that. But then I guess I would think that this book really, I mean, it is one of the cornerstones of just horror literature in general, you know, yeah. and and it is up there with like someone, obviously, <clears throat> Bram Stoker, I think is, uh, what is he, German or he's some sort of European, right? Or is he an American? Bram Stoker, uh, he's Irish, actually. He was Irish, oh, okay, he's Irish. and then uh, lived and died in, in England. Got it. Okay. So like he's yeah. Irish. So he's doing this in Europe. You have someone like Edgar Allan Poe, hometown boy, Baltimore. Hey, yeah. um, that's why it's called the Ravens. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but you have him in America doing the horror thing as well. Mm-hmm. And um, before this time or before his time, but yeah, I mean like, yeah, that's, that's there for that. And obviously this became a fucking huge book and very well known Mm -hmm. um it's kind of a cornerstone of something like frankenstein i think frankenstein and dracula obviously they got turned into universal monsters obviously yeah um you know uh there's a reason for that because it's textual uh, adaptation yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so, so there's that. And then of course, so, you know, we have that background about what exactly Dracula was in terms of a book and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the film adaptations really, I think there was a Dracula movie. Do you know anything about the early Dracula movies before the universal monster one? And also there, excluding yeah. Nosferatu because we'll talk about that. We can, if we Exa- need to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there were some silent adaptations of Dracula. I want to say there was like a Hungarian one that's been lost. There was maybe a Russian one, if I'm not mistaken. And then of course, there was a Nosferatu. Yes. There was one actually, Oh God, it's on criterion. I think. Right. Oh shit. It's Mm -hmm. called vampire. Right. And it's from like the Mm thirties or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so dumb. Of course. If we have that one, that's important. Yeah. That one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then of course, like Nosferatu, um, Mm -hmm. which, we'll we'll get to this let's oh it's fantastic i mean it lays the foundation for all of the you know horror tropes that we see but what i love about bram stoker's dracula this movie is that it's sort of an amalgamation of nosferatu dracula 1931 Mm -hmm. you know it just like is a it just pays homage to all of the great horror movies that came before oh Um, yeah yeah yeah, totally. So, I mean, definitely, like, uh, to talk about Nosferatu and Dracula, because there is a little bit of a, so if we're going chronologically, kind of, because we'll get yeah. up to the actual movie we're talking about, but we do have to give some <laughs> <We> promise context. <laughs> we got to give some context a little bit, because then it'll make more sense of why exactly Francis Ford Coppola probably wanted to do this. But to talk about Nosferatu and um and just the Dracula adaptation. Now, I have not watched Nosferatu all the way through, although I have been meaning to. Um, mm-hmm. I will say it is, uh, if you can still find it, I think it's still on Shutter. Definitely watching The Last Drive-In where they do Nosferatu. Yeah. They do Nosferatu, yeah. the original one, and they also do the remake as well on the same night, I believe. So oh, if you want to cool. do that, I, yeah. I yeah. love the Werner Herzog one. Klaus Kinski mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, um, I'm excited so you to can, see what this yeah. latest remake will look like. That's, <laughs> right. that's supposed to come out apparently. Yeah, which one's that again? Uh, so uh, Robert Eggers is supposed to be doing oh, a new Nosferatu with Bill Skarsgård as Nosferatu. Um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the big thing that you need to take away from like Dr- Dracula and Nosferatu is that well, Nosferatu's German made by a German guy, F.W. Murnau, I believe, um, mm-hmm. who I don't remember. I kind of remember, but I kind of don't. Um, wasn't he kind of sort of a racist Nazi person or something like that? I'm trying to remember. I mean, it was at that time. It was It was definitely made at that time and then there, no, there I, is definitely actually i think he was a jewish person i'm thinking of dw griffith never mind i think that's who i'm thinking of oh yeah um, yeah yeah. <laughs> wait a minute yeah i think that's who it is but fw humor now but mm-hmm. to say that so i got my people mixed up but fw humor now i think because i think he was a jewish dude like he was able to kind of bring this i don't know because there's also to say that too people have analyzed to death Nusratu and just how much like that had to do with like you know how Jewish people were uh treated at that time in England as well um you yeah. definitely get into that too so yeah, and then how he just looks you know there. and all that yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but the th- big thing with that and th- so the big the big thing though with all that is that literally the estate of Bram Stoker 
did also sue the people who did Nosferatu, and that mm-hmm. wasn't fun. So that's a huge thing too. Um, yeah, he, he had died at that point, but his wife right. was still alive, and his wife sued the production company and you know uh, mm-hmm. demanded that every print would be destroyed of the film, which thankfully right. it wasn't. Right. Um, so we but they did have... get rid of quite a few copies. Thank God we mm-hmm. still have one to circulate. But she yeah. did end up getting her ultimate thing of like, because Nosferatu, I think, was hard to find for many, 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 many years. Long time. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until you actually had someone holding on to some something um, and being mm-hmm. able to say, like, here it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that. And then, of course, so we get into that. And again, we'll we get into um it being a universal monster, which again, a lot of those universal monsters, again, I'm I'm not going into too much history of that, but a lot of those were just textual um adaptations. So Dracula, yeah. Frankenstein. I think the Invisible Man was a book. That, there was Phantom of yeah. the Opera they did as a silent film. Mm-hmm. Hunchback and Notre Dame was a silent film. True, true. Um they did what else did they do? I, I don't think the Wolfman was a book. I think it I don't was, think just it was either. an original story and same same for the mummy. Um yeah 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 i agree yeah it's that and then like freaks of course because of course todd browning made the 1931 Mm -hmm. um he made that one the dracula um but of course he did freaks which again was um just a it was a movie about people who are differently abled pretty much and how they are freakish quote unquote um and how they take revenge on you know people who are normal quote unquote yeah um Interesting movie. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, also cut down a lot too, um, because it was supposed to be a more of a sick ending than it ended up being. So yeah, they really got their revenge. But anyway, um, <laughs> then then of course, I mean, like so talking about the '30s and all that, because you had you know the Mexican version in in done in Mexico mm-hmm. and everything with Spanish speakers and all that, um, and you had the original one as well. But yeah, then, the Mexican one is interesting because yeah. they like they filmed it simultaneously. So like the they English did. crew would film during the day, and then the Mexican crew would film at night. Yeah. And if you if you've never seen the Mexican 1931 Dracula, definitely check it out because yeah. stylistically it blows the the English one out of the water. Yeah. And when I watched it, there wasn't any music in it. So it just mm-hmm. makes it a little bit creepier where I'm just like, you just see him rising out of his like coffin and you're just like, yeah, there's no music to this. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but this is kind of really interesting though. Like I'm fascinated. Yeah. Um, so then of course, you know, uh, getting up to like the hammer films, um, mm-hmm. of Dracula again, we're just giving a whole thing of Dracula, but that's what yeah. you came for. Okay. Um, <laughs> So Hammer, of course, was the English company that ended up doing different adaptations of um, Mm -hmm. types of horror literature. So this is, I think, where, of course, you get the Dracula movies, but then also, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where you get a lot of the Euro horror from. So this is, or you get adaptations of things like the pit and the pendulum um and a yeah. couple of different things as well i think those were under hammer i believe i don't actually know much about hammer horror or hammer films really but um do you have anything to talk about the hammer films and the dracula you know adaptations of sure them, i guess um yeah again i'm paraphrasing greatly here but that's you know, fine. hammer <laughs> was an english b film company and yeah. they um did pretty much kind of retooled a lot of like the classic universal monster films they did you know their big like twin pillars were dracula and frankenstein they did a whole frankenstein series they had a whole dracula series right 
both at some point starring Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, yes. um, which are, you know, they're both fantastic. You know, they are, they're, they're definitely flawed films. They're not mm-hmm. great, but I recommend seeing at least one so you can get some mm-hmm. context, but they were pushing boundaries, right? Like they were yeah. making these sexy these sexy horror films in a time where this was like the sixties, right? Like, yeah. like 50s, 60s. Yeah. Late 50s, 60s. Exactly. So um, really pushing the, the, the sensors as far as they could go um, in terms of making them as risque as possible. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're great. And, and Christopher Lee, I mean, there's a reason why they call him the Prince of darkness, right? Like he yes. is incredible as dracula one of the best ones he's he's very good he's very iconic in that way um mm-hmm. and i love him for the wicker man that's my that's my christopher wicker lee man wicker it's man so good, good. Uh, anyway yeah but um one of my early episodes but yes i love that so much and he's that mm-hmm. to me he's lord summer mm-hmm. but uh yeah of course dracula too and it was nice too because for him doing the wicker man people only knew him for dracula so it was nice for him to be able to break out of that because i think he wanted exactly. to break out of it at that point yeah um, yeah, and then of course you know talking we're getting closer to the actual mm-hmm. like movie we're going to be talking about but yeah. also mentioning uh, the Warhol version of Frankenstein and Dracula I don't know if you've seen Blood for Dracula or whatever the fuck it's called I have not no Actually, I haven't I seen it that one. I have not seen it um, I have seen Flesh for Dracula I have seen Flesh for Frankenstein though and all mm. I will say it's it's fucking weird and it was kind of <laughs> made by Andy Warhol not really he like was sort of a part of it yeah it's just weird as hell um, well, I then, guess like, you can watch the, Blood of Dracula yeah in the, in the 70s there was a remake of the 30s Dracula that Universal yes. did um, yes. with Frank Langella um, uh-huh. and and uh, and then there was also like you know things like Blackula, the you know, exploitation. Oh, of course, film. yeah. Um, and then we don't really see a whole lot of vampires in the eighties until we get to like things like Fright Night and like oh, the yeah. Lost Boys. Yeah, right. And that's a whole different thing too. You know, of course, mm-hmm. you have Blackula, which was definitely an exploitation, black exploitation film. I haven't watched both of those. I do want to though. God damn it! But I, I will. I do want to watch mm-hmm. those because I think they're fabulous. And you know, just William Marshall, like all doing that, it's so good. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I, I think there was also just this like I don't know, like in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, I mean, like you have like Nosferatu being remade by um, whoever the hell it was. I don't uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Herzog, yeah. And then um like you have these adaptations. And then in the eighties, because everything was in excess and it was, mm-hmm. you know, you ha- but I think the eighties was an interesting point because you have these different stories of vampires, like the Lost Boys yeah. and Fright Night and stuff like yeah. that. The hunger, you know, you have these the, different um, how kinds. Can I the hunger. Hunger is so <laughs> fucking good. Yeah, you have these different things as well coming up. Um, yeah. and I think they do have this very interesting kind of what's the word? Yeah, they carve out this little interesting niche there. Um, because mm-hmm. you can do a little bit different stuff with yeah. it. So I think by the time we're getting into like the nineties at this point, so now we're getting to the actual point of Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, the year of my birth, I would have been born by the time I know I would have been born by the time. So, you know, it's all I was like two months old when this movie came out. I was like, I think I was five months old. So there's that, but yeah, I mean, uh, who, let me look at this real quick. So 
I guess originally, um, so I'll give you a little bit of figures on the film that I found. I shared this with you as well, Donovan, it if you want to see it. did pretty well in terms of box office. It really did. So this was released November 13th of 1992. So by the time you're hearing this, um, you know, it's not on the anniversary or anything, but in a couple of weeks time, it'll be the anniversary. Um, it'll actually be, I think like the fucking, what is it? 30 to 31st anniversary, 30, I guess. It'll be the Cute. 31st anniversary. Yeah. Cause we're both 31 at this point almost. Yeah. <laughs> so I am at least, um, 128 minutes. I'm just going to say it's a little long, but you know what? It's Dracula. I'll give it, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you're like, okay, well, all right. Uh, <laughs> distributed by columbia pictures um so big you know studio movie and mm-hmm. we're looking at a budget of 40 million dollars and then as donovan already said the opening weekend ranking gross is at number one because it made 30 million dollars uh pretty much 30 million five hundred and twenty one thousand uh six hundred and seventy nine dollars so needless to say it did pretty well financially um yeah. if you hear the dog don't worry about it you know you know what you came for um <laughs> and then according to numbers i found so we're looking at about a domestic gross of like 82 million dollars like 82 million five hundred and twenty two thousand seven hundred and ninety dollars and then apparently internationally it made like 133 million dollars so 133 billion um 39,922 dollars mm-hmm. um, uh, so i guess I mean, it makes sense I mean, it makes sense if it was in, you know, internationally. I just don't know how much I, I'd have to look at these numbers again, I guess, but I'll believe it. I guess I'll believe it. So it looks like we're looking at a literal gross of everywhere of about $215 million just worldwide, which that's a lot of fucking money by even today's standards, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, adjusted for inflation, like it's a lot. I mean, this movie made a fuck ton. And also, as I'm sure you'll get to, um, yeah. did very well in terms of uh, awards. It won three it did. Oscars. It did yeah. win three Oscars. It's one of the only horror movies that did. Mm-hmm. One of the only horror movies that did. Because um, it's this, and I think, I don't remember. Did Silence of the Lambs win anything? Because I still consider it horror. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Silence of the Lambs the year previously. It's interesting that 91 and 92... There was like something going on with the Academy Awards and horror because Silence of the Lambs won yep. best uh, adapted screenplay. It won best yes. best film, best actor, best actress, best director. It's it swept all of the top categories. Yes, um, it did. Dracula, unfortunately, it did not mm. uh, get any of like the major categories. But I mean, yeah. it did win for best costume design, which we'll of talk course. about. The costumes yeah. in this film are fucking incredible. Eiko it Ishioka, is just it, it like Eiko Ishioka for those of you that are listening she also did the costumes in the movie The Cell so if you're a horror okay. fan and then it won best sound editing and best uh, uh ma- best makeup yeah I love that yeah mm-hmm. I mean I can always get down with some costume design because that's how Priscilla won an Oscar god damn that's it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then we have 78% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and then 79% of the audience you know so um, that's what we're looking at with those yeah. sorts of percentages and then it's a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd so that's what we're looking at in terms of, like figures and stuff now when we're talking about just like the crew in general um, we're going to talk about Francis Ford Coppola 
you know um now i will say no this here right here right now i don't know many of his films to be honest with you donovan and to be vulnerable with everybody here on the podcast today i don't think i've watched another francis ford coppola film i think this is my first one i have watched if i'm not mistaken really like, interesting yeah. okay so no i don't no, no, no. godfather no apocalypse nope. now no apocalypse now I have watched his daughter. I've watched at least two of her movies. Seen the Sophia movies. Yeah. I've seen at least two of them, one of which I like, and the other one I don't think I like that much. But which one was that? I like the version Suicides. I think it's very melancholic and very just like fucking vibes. And Marie Antoinette, I love you, Kiki Dunst. But girl, what was what was that? Like I, I'm sorry, oh. but like what? Like Ouch. I just didn't quite get it, and I was like, okay, like cool. And then also funny enough that like she directed it, and also like isn't her cousin in it as like King Louis or something? Like oh, Jason yeah. Schwartzman. I mean, the, the are notorious for, <laughs> for putting everyone in their keeping film. it keeping it in the family. I mean, right? His. I think Sophia was a script supervisor on Dracula. Yep. Her son, her, yeah, his son Roman, was the um, yep. last, uh, first assi- or assistant director, or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he is also like did like a lot of the special effects work on the film. Um, they're also cousins with Nicolas Cage, who yes, did read for Dracula and came close to getting the part. But you um, know what? In Renfield, he gets to live out his dream. Good for fucking him. Uh, <laughs> Dude, Renfield, that movie. I wanted to like it so much. Oh god. I tried. I, uh, it was so bad. Yeah, it was like I mean an, an SNL yeah. skit that just went on for an hour and a half. Oh god. Well, you know, shots fired, Donovan. And you know what? I fucking appreciate <laughs> it. Do it. Um, yeah, no, I it's on the list to watch, but I'm just like, oh god. What what yeah. are we doing here? Um, but you know what, Nicholas Holt is has gotten work. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we love was, that twink. Exactly. Um, not that I look like this, listeners, but I was told that I looked like him in the face a little bit. And I was like, uh, maybe like a big fatter version of him, but <laughs> don't think so. I think it's our eyebrows, maybe. Like, I can see that. I get it. Yeah, sure. Just like, you know, if I look like this, you know, like, or what does he look like? He looks like on Renfield's like poster. Yeah. This is not a visual medium, everybody, but like I'm just like literally <laughs> making faces at Donovan right now. <laughs> anyway, never met in person, but god damn it, like he's very fun to talk to. Okay. Damn it. Aww, um, yeah. No, of course, yeah. But yeah, so the Coppola's, you know, with their big bag mm-hmm. of bullshit. I don't know. I don't hate him or anything. It's just like I don't know. They're just so, okay. Like, have you have you seen Barbie yet? You saw Barbie, right? I have seen Barbie, yes. Okay, so like lit- you're you're literally Barbie who needs Ken to make her watch The Godfather and talk about <sighs> it the entire time. <laughs> I guess so, man. <laughs> that joke I guess was so good. Oh Are my you god, The Godfather. 
<laughs> the godfather oh god oh side note too i just watched a movie and it had hari neff in it and they wasted her so bad i'm so mad about it i can't even i'm sorry oh, um yeah, yeah no uh, for those who don't know hari neff is dr barbie love her um mm-hmm. trans woman extraordinaire she's great yeah um fucking but she's in this movie bad things it's, it, was, it was on it's probably still on shutter by the time you're hearing this girl girl what the oh, god I wasted know. talent and it had yeah. the chick from um the greatest showman one of the chicks from that um mm. gail something or other oh, gail something or other i don't remember who she is i didn't watch that movie um, i saw the greatest showman once and i said that's all yeah. I, I don't need to see this movie again <laughs> yeah i you know what's funny too is that that movie bad things i think hari neff literally auditioned for barbie while she was on set for it which i think mm. is such a serve good for oh, her that's funny I love that. Anyway, okay, so but no, I have not seen. You've the... only seen one Francis Ford Coppola movie, Dracula. and it's this one. And I think you know so. what? If there was one to see, I'm glad it was this I... one. Actually, I I completely agree. I think it was a perfectly good movie, and I'm just like, yeah, because he did Patton, he did The Godfather, he did Peggy Sue Got Married. I'm interested in that one. That seems fun. That's Mike Myers, isn't it? Am I crazy? Wait, who's Peggy Sue? What's in that movie? I'm thinking the axe murderer one. Wow. I think you're thinking of I married an axe murderer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of that no, one. What's have, Peggy Sue about? I have not seen that. I, I have not seen Peggy Sue, so I can't speak to okay. it, but I have seen, of course, the Godfather trilogy. I've seen apocalypse gotcha. now. And obviously yeah. this film um, I've seen, he's done some interesting art house films in his later years. Right. Right. Um, one called Twixt, which was another horror right. film, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So he, I, I don't know. What do you? What, what are your thoughts on him as a director? I like this movie at least, and I guess I would be interested in seeing other films of his. My big thing is that why do these movies have to be so fucking long? That's so sometimes. interesting that you thought this movie was so long. I feel like this movie Love is. That. I feel like it moves at a brisk pace. I think this movie it's it is two hours on the nose. Like mm, it's like two it, hours, seven minutes, a little bit, yeah, kind of, yeah. but yeah, those seven minutes are the credits. You can turn that off, <laughs> I guess. I guess, but, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But maybe if anything, this could be that this is one of his shorter films. I will never understand why The Godfather is like so goddamn long. I'm just like, wait, what for what, and, yeah. But, well, you know, people had longer attention spans back then <laughs> i guess man because like i must i might just be an idiot but who knows like but yeah. no i think francis for coppola he's at least a, a a he seems like a capable director at least and i think if anything you know his his you know dozen oscars would would agree with you sure yeah yeah <laughs> and then whether or not he's overrated i mean i don't really know i haven't seen his movies like that i've heard the criticism that like sophia is a little overrated i could see it a little bit but like yeah um, i could see that you know sophia again just they're is gonna lob all of it to right anybody. place right time you know like if if her dad wasn't an academy award-winning director like do you think right. that she'd still be making films or or yeah you know like i'm just i just it's things like that that keep me up at night like if so if sofia coppola didn't have her last name would she had still made it as a director <laughs> right right or like the schwartzman's like they're somewhat mm-hmm. involved so you know yeah. like would jason schwartzman be where he is today exactly. nicholas cage like all of that you know i mean mm, you know 
It's all those things. Nepotism so fun, isn't it, everybody? It's all it good. sure is. We love it's Nepo sh- babies. <laughs> hey, there are some Nepo babies that I do appreciate and like. Um, the big ones, I I don't know. I don't know. We could talk about our favorite Nepo babies a little bit. I mean, my favorite <laughs> Nepo baby has to be Mir Sorvino. I mean, period. Period. That's yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> there's no contest to that. Like, I'm gonna it's, go get it's a, her. a businesswoman lunch after this. Yes, very much yeah. that. Like, you should. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, come on now. Do you have a favorite Nepo baby at all or not? Like, I mean, mm, do you or not? I don't know. I mean, do I have a favorite Nepo baby? I don't know. Just talk I about Francis so. Ford Coppola. May as well, right? I mean, I don't. I don't hate Sophia. I don't hate Sophia Coppola movies. I love Marie Antoinette. Look, I think. Marie Antoinette came out. I was a freshman in high school when that movie came out. And that movie was my fucking identity. Let me tell you, (laughs) I wore out that soundtrack. I still have it to this day. I love that. That movie was my identity as a 14 year old. I just felt like there, like it was like the movie had been made for me. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to take that away from you or anything. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> cool. Like, it's great. Like work. And yeah. not, work. Love it. Um, I, yeah. and Not even that I'm a history person. Not that I even love French mm-hmm. history or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So, and I love Kirsten Dunst, but like, I'm just like, I okay. Kiki. I love Kiki. But uh, yeah, also, I love that Moaning Myrtle's in that movie. I really appreciate that. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Good for her. But, like, I'm so happy. And she was in train spotting too. I didn't realize that. Yeah. She I was, was like, what Bridget the hell? Jones. I haven't watched Bridget Jones. I've not seen that. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I know. I'm such a horrible gay. Oh, also Kate Hudson, <laughs> also honorable mention for uh favorite Nebo baby. I think she's kind of oh, talented. True. She's more talented you know than she Gwyneth. She's more talented than Gwyneth. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry, oh. but like I don't know. Yeah. I also don't think Kate Hudson is like telling people to shove, you know, jade eggs up people's vaginas. I, I don't know. The jury's still out, but yeah, no, I don't think so either. Uh, I don't, um, I don't think so. I mean, the Sug Gelton key is pretty good, but you know, <laughs> it's actually pretty decent. So anyway. I love, I love Kate Hudson too, but yeah, anyway, back cool. to Dracula. Anyway, back to Dracula, whatever. We're just getting on tangents. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. So the writer of this movie is James V. Hart, which we can talk a little bit about. Um, do you know what other movies he wrote as well? Anywhere? He wrote Hook. He did write Hook. And because mm-hmm. you are a Disney gay and they are technically Disney, he also wrote uh, Muppet Treasure Island, which is fun. Fuck yeah, lovely. he did write Muppet Treasure Island. Which yeah, he did. Also, Fuck yeah. my favorite Muppet movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, hell yeah. I also like how um, there is a movie called Follow That Bird. It's just about Big Bird. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, I haven't watched the Muppet movies like that. So they're probably on Disney Plus, right? I could probably watch those. They are. You should start with Muppet Treasure Island. It's I probably one. should, to be honest, because if this is a... Yeah, I'm probably going to do that. Yeah. Thank you, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um. The composer, do you happen to know how to say this composer's name? It's very German. Yes. It's it, he's actually Polish. Um Okay, close enough, but yes, <laughs> Polish. You're right, he is Polish. I believe it is Woshek Kilar. There you go. So the composer, yeah. which I will say the composer is really good. Um the the, the score know, in this film is very good. like oh my god, the yeah. well, I mean this this the theme one of the, well one of the themes in this film you hear right. in like 
all of the horror movie trailers of the nineties. Like this, yeah. like the, the vampire hunter theme I think was used in the mummy trailer. Yep. It was yep. used in a couple of other trailers. Um, the love, the love theme is great too. Mm-hmm. Um, it also great end credit song by Annie Lennox. Yes. You know, very true. Shout out to her. Which then charted, yeah. which is good. Which, yeah, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's like the Lisa Loeb of it, where she had "Stay, I Missed You" was the end credits for Reality Bites. Yeah, um, I wanted to love Reality Bites, but I, mm-mm. you know, I think another one known a movie there. Yeah, another one known a movie. Love her, but you know, Engineering Garofalo's there, Steve Zahn's there, but that movie is they don't use them enough. They focus a little too yeah. much on Winona and Ethan, and I'm like, y'all are cool in other movies together this just Mm -hmm. seems annoying um but that song is everything that's the end credit song and it charted and then with annie lennox it also and then this one with love song for a vampire which is just it's it's such a good i mean i love annie lennox so um yeah uh but uh go ahead oh no go ahead no i was gonna say winona and i'm sure you probably were gonna get to this but like she is basically the impetus for how this movie happened. Um, that is correct. We'll talk about it. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Winona. S- oh, Winona. We love her. Oh, we really do love her. I actually do like her. I don't care if she stole forever. shit. I don't care if she stole shit. Like, whatever. She's probably going through something, but whatever. Yeah. Um, cinematographer is Michael Ballahaus. He did um, Broadcast News, which is a known movie from, I think, the 70s. He just passed and- away recently. He did just pass away. You're right. He also did Goodfellas mm-hmm. as well. So he also yeah. shot that. Um, mm-hmm. The editor of this movie, we have three editors and it's a little small on my phone, but it, we have Nicholas C. Smith, Glenn Scantleberry, and then a woman and um, Gossard, I guess. I mm-hmm. think she was French or something, but I don't know if you know this. I think it was Glenn or Michael, I guess. Um one of them, I think it was Glenn, if I'm not mistaken. Please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Mm. Um, he, he edited both uh, TCM, the Texas Chainsaw remake uh, from 2003, did Friday the 13th, 2009, the remake of that, and also the Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. So that oh. guy edited those, and he edited this as well. It, it all kind of right. makes sense. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it all kind of. He makes also sense. did the Carrie remake in 2013. Look at that. We don't talk about it, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love Julia Moore. I think she was great, and I even like Chloe Grace Moretz as a person. But that movie, as a person, <laughs> I have nothing no. against her personally. I don't have anything against her personally. She's a little girl from yeah. Amityville Horror. She. Yeah. I didn't love Suspiria the remake or anything, but like even her in it, like she's so small in I it. I wanted you know? to like it. I wanted I, to like Suspiria. Thank you. So I'm much. sorry. And I love you. And I, and Ari Drew, I like you. Like you're great. Mm-hmm. And I know you like that movie. You know, want to get you on the pod yeah. and everything. But like, no, like, no. Like, I mean, every, on paper, like Suspiria, yeah. Tilda, Chloe, the soundtrack, sure. like, even even Dakota Johnson or whatever, like even yeah. to, to her with like, being an actor or whatever. But like, you know, yeah. sure, like great. But mm-hmm. no, ma'am. Yeah, I'll, I'll just watch the original Suspiria and that'll be mine. Mm-hmm. And I like yeah. that. It, it's just anyway, yeah. we're talking all about these horror movies because God damn it. 
it's it's spooky season y'all it's mm-hmm. we can talk about whatever we want um <laughs> anyway um so yeah we have like that's our production crew and all yeah. of that then we'll get into our actors so mm-hmm. do we want to start with winona a little bit i guess we could talk about how she was the impetus of this movie we should start with winona we should talk about how she talk she about had a, she had a nervous breakdown she couldn't do godfather three she mm-hmm. said francis i'm tired i need a break and he was like honestly bitch all right, take time off. So <laughs> she she was supposed to be in Godfather three. She dropped mm-hmm. out, and which is how we got Sophia in Godfather three. Which that's correct. Let, let she is a better better director than she is an actress. We'll just say that. Um, that's the consensus. That is the consensus. Yeah, but then her like Francis reached out to her. The two of them had lunch, so the story goes. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm really sorry that I dropped out of your film. I don't want you to hate me. Here's the script for Dracula. Would you be mm-hmm. down? And he said, actually, I would be down. And that's how we got this film. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what happened. Because, um, of course, the guy who wrote Mother Treasure Island like brought the script to him. Or somebody brought the script to Francis Ford, and then, like you know, obviously it was it was Winona. It was Winona because oh, okay. she had been. Um, so the script had been circulating originally. Right. It was going to be like a made-for-TV film, okay. and yeah, and but Winona and her people picked it up. She really liked mm. the script. Um, she wanted to do something different right. um, because at that point, you know, she had done like Edward Scissorhands. She dropped yep. out of Godfather. Um, you know, like this was really her first turn as a adult actress. This was really Agreed. her first adult role. Yeah. Um, everything up until then, she'd either been a teenager or a kid. Yeah. Um, so she took the script to Francis and Francis, luckily, you know, he really liked Dracula. He had an appreciation for the material. Um, mm-hmm. There's this whole story of like, he used to be a theater camp counselor and he would like read the, read the Dracula book to his little, his like little, like, campmates yeah um, campers yeah little campers yeah um so he was he was super down for it and then yeah and that's how we got this film is because winona was like let's do this oh yeah i didn't even think about that but you're totally right it is like her first adult role because she had done heathers and beetlejuice but she Mm -hmm. was a teenager for those so you know yeah so weird to me that she was a teenager for Heather's. That's crazy to me. But okay, anyway, go listen to our Heather's episode, everybody. It's great. Um, so there's that, and then got to talk about Gary Oldman. I mean, of course, Brit. Oh, he's my God. our he, title Dracula, of course. He, I yeah, I have no words for this performance. <laughs> he acts the house down boots. Um, yeah, he does. Even he under does. layers of of latex and prosthetics, he does. Um, yeah, yeah. Do, do you have who also read for this role? I believe. Oh, that yes, I do. Actually, I think I do a little bit. Um. So of course, Gary Oldman is Sirius Black from Harry Potter, but he's also in The Fifth <laughs> Element. He's in The, the Fifth, Fifth Element. Element. He's in he, Sid I mean, and Nancy being Sid. Sid yep. Yeah, um, so I mean, yeah, absolutely. the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, he was yeah. just an Oppenheimer. I mean, yep. yeah, amazing. But uh, a little fun fact that I have in my little fun facts is that, and I am 
I believe this is true, kind of, sort of. Um, not for Dracula, at least, but I, we'll get to that in a minute, actually. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But who else was going to be Dracula? I don't think I have that information. Well, um, Nick Cage read for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gabriel Byrne also was okay. pretty close to getting uh, it, okay. which I could see. I could see. Sure. Um, I, I, the thing with him is that I think he's a good actor. But I'm also just like, like, what was ghost shit? Like, why was he in that? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) But I liked him in Hereditary. Like, I thought he was good in that, you know? So it's like, I don't think he's a bad actor. I'm just kind of like, okay. All right. (laughs) Anyway, continue. (laughs) Um, No, but I'm so glad that it was Gary Oldman because I agree. I mean, and it's, uh, I frankly think that he was robbed of at least an Academy Award nomination for this film. Yeah. Um because he does some he does some stellar work, you know, like he does. He he plays Dracula as in a in a way that we had never seen before. Right. You know, like he really broke down the mold and wasn't doing a caricature. He wasn't trying to be Bella Lugosi. He was really made it his own thing. I agree. Um yeah, and and I think that his work really I think this film overall stands really up really strongly, even 30 plus years later, it's still gorgeous to look at. I don't think yes. it, it ages. I think that also has something to do with all of the practical effects. I agree. Film too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think he is also a big part of why it stands up as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, Winona does a good job in the movie, but I do think that he is a little bit better than her unfortunately oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He um acts, yeah 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 acts around her in circles yeah yeah but anyway so but i think that's also there i did not watch this in 4k and i really want to so who knows we will shout out the the rental fee i don't know i did watch it. it i did i did watch it on youtube it was on 720p i guess oh there's yeah. a cat there's a cat on our screen right now and mm. i love it um anyway so oh but I, what i was about to talk about okay so we got gary oldman we got winona right and then we have anthony hopkins of course as van helsing i believe that's who he is yeah van helsing fresh you know who he is he's hannibal girl come on yeah let's be mm-hmm. real um then we got to talk about okay the keanu of it all and I will. I said this off mic before we started, or I don't remember if I ever I, did. I talk about it at the beginning of the episode. I don't. You remember. you had texted me while you were watching it. I think yes. about Keanu. We did do yeah. that, and I I think off mic we were talking about this. I love Keanu Reeves because I'm a Bill and Ted head. I love him. I do. Why was he in this movie? <laughs> I, I just I and I again I love him. I love him, but. Mm-hmm. He's Jonathan Harker. He's the guy who solicits Dracula and all that shit and blah blah blah. Okay. So yeah. and he's the one, he's the one who technically is writing the journal, which yeah. if you don't already know, it's an epistolary novel, so it's all journal entries. Um Well, I can tell you out, why he was in this movie. Not go that out he and read, been, but go out and read children, okay? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but what I was gonna say, and this just makes me laugh, and I kind of think it would have been a serve is that technically according and i guess you watched all the documentaries that mm-hmm. christian slater was offered the role of harker but he turned mm-hmm. it down 
And I'm just saying, it would have been a serve to have him and Winona in this together. It would have been a rehash of, been. of Heather's, but I don't, I don't know give if a he shit. Would have been any better, but probably not. But um, still, <laughs> who they were well, and who they were trying to get? They were trying to get Johnny because yeah. obviously Johnny and, and Winona were um, dating. That's fine. Um, he would have been hella and... old though. Johnny? Sorry, kind of yeah. I think so a little bit. If you're looking to cast somebody who is more age appropriate to her, mm-hmm. then at least I could see Christian Slater yes. or Keanu Reeves. But Johnny Depp a little old. I mean, not to. I don't have any opinion of Johnny Depp. He was in one Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Good for him. Um, I yeah, I guess I'm just trying to think of like timeline wise because was he that much older than her when they made Edward Scissorhands? I think he was, and plus also, yeah. I mean, like. I don't know. That's also a different thing because he is not, he is ageless in that movie. It feels like he doesn't really have an age to me. He's like a, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a minute, but I don't know. Whatever. It's all good. But so they wanted to get Johnny, but why did they not get Johnny then? Because he wasn't that big of a star. And the studio said, you can have at that time. Really? Yeah. He wasn't because at that point he had done. Crybaby, and he had done Edward Scissorhands. Like he was on the Ascendant, yeah, but he was not a household name by that point. And they were like, yeah. "We need, we need like a hot young thing to be the male mm-hmm. co lead in this movie." And right. that's why they settled on Keanu Reeves. And it's it's so you like you read all of these interviews and you read like, you know, people's retrospectives of this film Mm -hmm. and Keanu Reeves point blank says like, yeah, this was not my best work. Like I was, I was exhausted. I had made like, I love that he's like five or six movies back to back. He was like, totally owns the fact that he's a piece of shit in this movie. Love that he, we love a software King. We love it. We really do. Because he at least could say like, this was not my best work. What British accent was I putting on? I don't fucking know, but I don't think he knew either. I just see you. And plus also because he was great in Bill and Ted, of course. And he's great in even like, um, it's a, it's, it's our house movie a little bit, but my own private Idaho, which I own. Um, it's great. It's a great movie. It's not bad. Him and River Phoenix are great. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's an asshole in that movie. Oh God, you hate him in that movie. But, um, that's because he breaks little River Phoenix's heart. It's so sad. I know. Poor little twink. God, I love him. Anyway. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix forever. I actually like him. He's also an unproblematic king too. We like him too for the most <laughs> part. Um, haven't seen Bo is Afraid. I'm waiting for it to stream somewhere. Um, I don't want to buy yeah, it. Though. I want it to stream. I know it's it's already out. You can you can buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm, I, it's gonna come on Showtime at some point. So I'm gonna watch yeah. it then. You know, all the A24 yeah. movies go to Showtime, so it'll be yeah. all right. Anyway, so now we, I guess you can state. You can tell that we did not love Keanu in this role. Donovan, who would you want to have been in this role? Who do you think, I think would have knocked well, out the park? I think Johnny could have done it. I think Johnny would have been great in this film. Like it, I'll agree with you. Totally in, it's totally in his wheelhouse. He would have done a better job with the accent. Him and Winona were dating at the time. They would have had much better chemistry. Keanu is so wooden in this movie. Like Yes. He, he is... Even even when he's getting sucked off by three vampire brides, yeah, like he has no emotion on his face. I know, and I know he could do better than that. 
I know you can yeah. do better than that, Keanu. Come on now. Yeah. Um, mm, but oh. luckily, we do get some um, in in the supporting cast. There are some other hotties that we can talk about, like oh yes. Oh, uh, we're going to get to that. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk about Carrie Always, yes. Um, because, yeah, so the, so I guess that's kind of our main cast of people, mm-hmm. right? It's like those, like, what, yeah. four, I guess? Yeah. And then we have the supporting cast. So we have, um, we got to mention Richard E. Grant just for a minute. Um, yeah. Because then I watched, I was watching this on, on YouTube, as I said. Who <laughs> you only knew from Spice World. <laughs> I only know from Spice World. Because he is the manager in Spice World. God damn it. Don't worry, we're going to do an episode on it. Not you and me, Donovan, but we're going to do it. Um, we're going to, you know what, and you know what it is. Okay, so for anybody who wants to hear a Spice World episode or anything like that, I will tell you this right here, right now, and you'll probably hear it whenever I do that episode, probably with my sister, most likely, because we were both obsessed. Um Cute. I will say this, that some people, I will say this, that like, you know, I can understand not everyone having a Spice World episode because this doesn't stream anywhere and it really doesn't. You don't want people to go and spend all the money. I'm going to tell you yeah. this right now, everybody. Here's a secret. It's worth go, it, it is, but you can also just go on YouTube, watch some of the clips of Spice World that are kind of the big notable ones. And guess what? You've watched the whole movie. It's okay. <laughs> It's fine. You don't have to go and spend money to get the DVD on it. Uh, spend yeah. crazy amount of money. No, just go on YouTube, watch some of the clips of it, and you'll see the whole movie. And then you can go listen to an episode that is about it. Okay, because that's what Spice World is. There's no plot, hardly. Um, well, I will say though, um, what is her name? Claire Rushbrook, or whoever played the other manager. She's in mm. Secrets and Lies. She's fucking great. So good. Mm-hmm. It's her and Bren- Brenda Blethyn. That's who that is. Mm-hmm. You ever mm-hmm. seen Secrets Love and Lies, Donovan? I have not, no. Ooh, you need to watch it. So it's it on. Good. I love Brenda Blethyn, so. Brenda Blethyn, and it's that mm-hmm. chick from Spice World. And then it is um the guy who plays. We're just going to talk about movies. It's fine. But um, <laughs> so, no, it's that. Um, Have you ever seen. Oh, you've seen Harry Potter, right? Of course. Peter Pettigrew, the guy who plays him, Timothy, Timothy Stan. Yeah. So, yeah, him. He plays uh he's in Secrets and Lies as well. And then um ha- do you know who Marianne Jean Baptiste is by any chance? That name is so so familiar. Yeah. She was in the movie In Fabric, um, by Peter Strickland, but also has been in other movies too. She's a black British actress. She's yes. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know. Who she's she amazing. Is. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and she's also in Secrets and Lies. And go fucking watch Secrets and Lies, everybody. It was on HBO Max, so it might be still on there. Um, it's in the Criterion Collection, so I don't think you watch it on Criterion Channel, but I think it's worth it. I think it's a good movie. Ooh, it's British melodrama. So if you're into that kind of thing, which I'm sure you are, Donovan, we um, do love British melodrama. Yeah, love it, love it. Um, anyway, getting back on to our actual movie, though, um, back to Dracula. <laughs> listen, because why not? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we got Richard e. Grant. Okay, he plays. Who does he play again? He plays a doctor, right? Doctor Seward, who is one of Lucy's suitors, one of the three. Yes. Yeah. He's and then, kind of like bumbling, neurotic yes, one who yes. has a morphine addiction. He he does. That's correct. Um, of course, we got to shout out Sadie Frost, who plays Lucy, who is the sister of um, what's her name? Uh, God, what the fuck's her name? I don't. Oh wait, know. Lucy is I... Winona, right? 
No, Mina is Mina is Winona oh, and Lucy right. is Sadie Frost. Okay. Cool. Great. Lovely. Um, so Mina is Winona and then Sadie Frost is Lucy. So gotta shout her out a little bit. Um she's in indie movies. I think this was the biggest thing she did, if I'm not mistaken. So I think this is the biggest thing she did because then she ended up marrying Jude Law and she had three kids, and then you know what happened with that. So uh yeah, he cheated on her with the babysitter. Anyway, so yeah. um mm-hmm. Huh, interesting. I didn't realize yeah. that. Thank you for telling me that. Uh yeah. Cool. Lovely. Anyway, good for mm-hmm. her. She yeah. gets turned into a vampire and it's great. So And I mean she has one of the most iconic vampire looks <laughs> in does. this film, let alone probably like in all of vampire lore. Like Absolutely. just her in that dress, that whole scene when they're in the crypt, she yes. just is fucking serving. She's yeah. serving so much. And then we also got to talk a little bit about, about Carrie Always as well. Um, yeah. yeah. So I forgot he was in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Um, but he is. He's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's from there. the Princess. He's from the Princess Bride. He is also in um, The Crush with Alicia Silverstone being stalked mm-hmm. by her. Um, yep. And he I, also I plays. I get it. Um, and then also he plays the cartoonishly misogynistic professor in the remake of black christmas from 2019 which is really not good and i like you (laughs) sophia to call i think you seem to be a perfectly nice person and i also think that in particular with that movie you were put under a lot of pressure and you weren't really given a whole lot of resources and i feel bad for you on that so that's that's how you really feel because we'll probably end up doing black christmases at some point like i'm definitely gonna do those around the holidays but uh that movie and he's the biggest star in it too which is just really unfortunate and i'm just like huh yeah huh anyway in the first saw film he also is in the first saw film who is he in that is he one of the guys in the bathroom he is yep i have not seen those movies in so long dude like i really Mm -hmm. haven't huh love that for him Anyway, who does he play in this movie? He is Arthur Homewood. He is one of the three suitors of Lucy, and he is the one that eventually she decides that she's going to marry, but yes, you know, yes. she gets turned into a vampire before. That's so true. That really, yeah, he, yeah he's the one he has to actually kill Lucy, so he's the one that stakes uh, her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he does. Up in the crypt and everything. Crypt yeah. keeper and chill. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah love that but that's like our like pretty much our like other supporting cast do you have any notable thing to say about Renfield I don't even remember who that guy is uh Tom Waits who I mean he's kind of been like a bit player in later Francis Ford Coppola films um he also had a had a career as he's kind of like a alternative singer songwriter um I think he's great as, yeah. as Renfield, I think he puts his own spin on it. I think he does mm-hmm. something that's equally memorable, but not, um, but different than Dwight Fry in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like his Renfield. I think he's very sympathetic also. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole cast is super, I mean, the Keanu of it all not included, but I think yeah. everyone has their moment. Everyone has a scene where they really shine. Um you know, maybe that's why you think the movie is too long, but, um, 
No, it's just like, I think with the length of it, like I'm just somebody who doesn't love like a long, long movie unless I feel invested in it. And so for me, like I was fairly invested in this, but I was also watching it on YouTube where I had to like watch ads every so often. So maybe if I gave it another watch, I'd be a little bit more enthralled in it, but you know, I still liked it though. I will say that, but I'm also somebody who I'm just like, don't give me a super, super long movie, but a Francis Ford Coppola Mm -hmm. movie, I should expect it. Really? Oh, uh, I think if if you ever get the chance to seeing this film on the big screen it makes a huge difference. That's true. Have you been able to? I have. Yeah, actually, uh, last year and earlier this year, um, last year for the 30th anniversary, they did a re-release, mm-hmm. and then um, at my local indie cinema, they did um, a showing of it in February um, for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was very cute. Huh. Yeah, I want to well, know is why a love story in this film. Yes, sure. I would. Okay, yeah. It's like a horrific love story, but okay. Yeah, I'm down with it. Mm-hmm. Work. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's what we have for that. And then other little fun facts, I guess we have is that uh, apparently Jessica Chastain used this movie as a reference for her role in Crimson Peak. I see a lot Work. of this in Crimson Peak. Like mm. a lot. Have you seen Crimson mm-hmm. Peak? Has it been a minute? I have seen Crimson Peak. Yeah, it's been a minute. And, uh, I, I don't think I've seen it since it first came out. But, yeah. Um, the calls yeah, are coming from the house, Mama. You like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's funny to me because like yeah. Crimson Peak inspired was inspired by this film, which also like there yeah. are so many nods to so many other films. There's, I mean. Uh, Nosferatu, 1931 Dracula, mm-hmm. The Exorcist, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jean Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast. There are okay, so yeah, many yeah. Um, nods to those films in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, that's true. That makes sense. Uh, where's mm-hmm. The Exorcist in here? I'm kind of wondering. Huh. Uh, when Lucy projectile vomits all the blood onto, uh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is a weird dreamlike quality to this movie sometimes with some of these mm-hmm. things. Not even yeah. just because they're actual dreams, but like literally like yeah, the atmosphere, the vibes of this movie are just like they're fucking something, dude. Like they they're are. something else, yeah. Yeah. It is it's <laughs> ethereal, it's otherworldly, it's operatic, <sighs> it's just so yeah, in your in your face at times, you know, yeah. like this movie. I think operatic is a good way to describe it. It is it is sure. very over the top. It is very staged. It is very theatrical. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's fucking Dracula, right? So like, right? Yeah, you know, and 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 Dracula has been done to death so many other times. So it's like if you're gonna do another version of Dracula, at least make it mm-hmm. something that is fun and interesting to watch. True, true. And I guess it's any better time than never, like uh, almost pretty much an hour into our podcast. I mean, if you need a plot summary about what Dracula is, here's your plot summary. This guy who's a fucking vampire named Dracula is uh, accosted by this guy named Jonathan Harker who comes to like try to, I don't know, solicit his house or like tell him to buy more property. Pretty much. Um, Jonathan Harker has a lady named Mina, apparently, or... I don't know if her name changes, but like he is with her and they're in a relationship. Anyway, he mm-hmm. becomes enraptured, I guess, in Dracula, kind of sort of. Um, not in a gay way, but like whatever. Anyway, gets enraptured with her or with him or whatever. Um, 
and then somehow Dracula comes from Transylvania, wherever the fuck he lives. Um, I guess yeah. he comes to America or like some he comes to England. He comes to England. That's where it's all set. Sorry. Yeah. He comes to England um, and he sets his sights on, I guess, Mina or whatever the hell. Um, mm-hmm. or he sets his sights on just like humans in general. Well, <laughs> like, this, this what I gather. also it's, it's different than yes. other previous versions of Dracula, because this also includes the whole like subplot of the fact that Mina is the reincarnation That's of true. Elizabetha, who was his wife, his Vladimir yes. Taylor's wife. Um, yeah. which is it's a it's a it's a different take on it. It's something that we haven't seen before. Um, Correct. I think it's I think it's very effective. I yeah. you know like this makes my little goth heart happy that you know we have this horror mm-hmm. movie that also in the center there's this like this romance. Um, yeah, and and I think yeah. I think Winona and Gary have very good chemistry together. I do think so. I think they do as well. I think it's at least, yeah, it's, it's, yes, it's really unfortunate that her and Keanu, I don't think have that much at all. And they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be the ones who are like fucking getting married or married. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Ooh, ooh, you're so right. Wow. When I think about it like that. Yeah. Cause that whole scene where like, he's about to fuck her. And all that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's hot. Ooh, you. Right. It's hot. It is hot as hell. Yeah, because there's a scene near. It's like close to the end mm-hmm. where, like, you know, she like gives herself to him pretty bed, much. And it's yeah, good. Like, That's real good. And you weren't getting that open. with her and Keanu. Yes. Mm. Oh my god. Wow. She drinks god, the blood so, from his chest. Mm. Why are we so gay? God, Jesus. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. But anyway, so anyway, other little fun facts I kind of found. So. Were you a Stranger Things person? I watched the first season oh, yeah. and I haven't watched it sure. since then. But if you yeah, are no, Stranger I'm still on board. If if you are Stranger Things girlies out there, this movie was homaged with a scene where Winona Ryder, who's in the movie, um, in this movie, and she plays the mom in that show. Um, yep. she has a dance with Sean Astin. We love him, Sean Astin, we love him. Uh Patty Duke's son, and you know, all that. Uh they have a little homage to this dance that's in this movie mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that show. I don't know what season or what context it is, but it's in there for all you Stranger Things It's girlies. in season two. Yeah, because Sean Astin, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen Stranger Things, but at this point, I don't care. The show's been out for years. Um, yeah, he dies at the end of season two. So Fair. he's like her love interest. Um, love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Um, so yeah, get the the little trivia fact of how her and Keanu were actually married in real life. Wait, what do you mean? So there's the scene in the film where they're married by the the priest when she goes to Romania uh-huh. to, to to um to to finally meet up with him. That's and correct. Yeah, they they filmed it in an actual Greek Orthodox church in L.A. Okay. And they used actual Greek Orthodox ministers instead of actors. Um, so, and they did the full ceremony. So oh. they were actually married by <laughs> uh, the Greek Orthodox church. I love that. Good for that. Yeah, it's cute. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very cute. And then they had to annul it because they weren't actually married, but it's fine. Exactly. Um, you know, of course, we have to say that, like, uh, this movie has had so much influence on other films. So, of course, we see, like, Dracula Dead and Loving It with Nelson Nielsen. Like, obviously, this is <laughs> right after that. Uh, the movie 
what we do in the shadows from 2014 and the mm-hmm. television series also um is heavily influenced by this movie and also when they did treehouse of horror not too long after this one they have that whole mr burns looking like gary oldman so that was kind of fun um and we can also talk about this too. The movie, while it was being shot, I believe, was uh, referred to as the Bonfire of the Vampires. And do you want to tell me why that is, Donovan? That because if you don't already know, for listeners out there, I have not watched Bonfires of the Vanities. But uh, was that also another Francis Ford Coppola movie? Correct me if I'm it wrong. It was not. No, it wasn't a Francis okay. Ford Coppola movie. But Bonfire of the Vanities, which actually I have seen. Um, and it's it's not that it's not that terrible. It's not yeah, like the but it worst had a troubled, thing I've ever seen. It had a, but... it had a troubled production a little bit, uh, and yeah. it wasn't exactly critically. I don't think it did that good. From what no, I no, critically it was panned. I'm pretty sure box office it didn't do very well either. Yeah. Long story short, Bonfire of the Vanities is this movie with Tom Hanks and Melanie Griffith, and right. um, it's about AIDS excess, and it was based on a book that was really popular. Right. They made right. the book into a film. The film was kind of mediocre and it was a huge flop. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But then this movie was talked about as Bonfire of the Mm -hmm. Vampires. The reason for that, because, well, part of that, I think, was because um, Francis Ford Coppola had hired all of these people for production design and all of this shit. And then yeah. because it wasn't coming together with how his vision was yeah. for this film. He fired all of them. He fired all of them. Which I guess also maybe happened during Bonfires of the Vanities or something similar yeah. happened where like they cleaned house. And well, so the thing was, yeah. With Dracula, they were like, you know, they kept pushing CGI, they kept pushing, you know, computer graphics. Right, and he was like, right. that's not what I fucking want. That's not what this film is, right? Yeah. Like he shot it in a very specific way. He was like, this this movie is based on a book that came out in 1897. If we can't do something that they wouldn't have been able to do in 1897 with filmmaking, mm-hmm. then I don't want to do it. Um, Fair. Which is why I think, again, this movie holds up because it does all of the, all of the effects were done in camera. All the effects were yeah. practical, you know, and it just looks, it, it, it just looks timeless in a way that like, you yeah. know, you watch T2 you watch, and yeah. you're like, well, that movie is very much a product of 1990s uh, cinema or computer generated effects. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, like you can look at any of those things, but then seeing something like this, like it, it is different. It just is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's why I was talked about that. So I guess really, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know this, but like maybe like when it was in production people thought it was not going to be a success i guess yeah it was kind of what people thought a little bit i mean you watch mm-hmm. the documentaries i don't know if they mentioned that mm-hmm. but like i can only imagine that they thought like oh there's some stuff going on with that show like oh i wonder how that's gonna be and then guess what it was number one at the box office it's opening weekend so that tells you something um yeah. But, yeah, i mean like and again, I mean, that's the basic plot summary. Like I just gave of that. I mean, pretty mm-hmm. much like, and then like Dracula, like fucking tries to take over some people. He tries to like turn other people into vampires to like join his posse a little bit. Uh, some of which are women, obviously. Um, and then, uh, then they, I guess, kill him at the end. That's like the basic idea of what Dracula is. I mean, I like if if you're listening to this and you need a plot synopsis of Dracula, then... look it up. Like I don't know. Like it's not. Yeah. 
there's there's no point and for me i'm getting away from beep to beat plot summaries especially when i have someone to talk to about it but like Mm. you know yeah like that's what dracula is pretty much but this particular one i mean obviously yes jonathan harker goes to dracula he tries to sell him a house it just so Mm. happens that his wife mina happens to be kind of the (laughs) she's kind of the reincarnation of what his wife is like you said earlier um Mm -hmm. dracula comes uh over from wherever the hell he lives on boat to go to England where he comes across Mina and he sets his sight on her. And then, uh, you know, Mina gives herself to Dracula, but then Keanu leaves yeah. like, no, don't. And yeah. then they end up, Oh, and then, uh, uh, Lucy gets turned. Lucy gets turned into a vampire. She gets turned into a vampire. Her sisters and Van Helsing. Yes. I mean, there's that great scene where she, yeah. you know, Dracula comes to her window and she's like writhing in right. ecstasy and agony. And then he like right. bites her. And then there's like the projectile blood. Love like, it. Just like floods the whole room. It's so yeah. fucking cool. The, it's there's that... so many, um, the visuals in this movie are incredible. It's really good. And then of course, yeah, that all happens. Cause you know, uh, Dracula is just fucking shit up. And then mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we got to like try to kill this guy. And so they end up going off and trying to kill him. Winona mm-hmm. Ryder's like, nah, you're not killing him. And she tries fighting well, for him and all this. Because of the, the, because of that scene you mentioned where they're in the bed together and it's very yeah. hot. They have, and he turns good. her into a vampire. Yes. And so there's that, that scene at the end when they go back to Romania, they go back to Transylvania mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and yeah, she's like turning into a vampire um there's that there's that scene where she tries to seduce van helsing um and the brides are like trying to you know like they're like looking at her um yeah yeah, and then they end up killing him at the end they kill dracula at the end obviously because that's always the end um and then yeah yeah, so one of those one of the suitors kills dracula or, or at least stabs him but then it's mina who has to eventually finish it Pretty much, and then that's yeah. the end of Dracula. I mean, generally, that's this one, and then that's kind of any other Dracula you've seen is just mm-hmm. vampire wants to fuck up shit. People don't want him to fuck up shit, and yeah. then he dies at the end. The end. Like that's pretty much what this is. So it's it's all good. Now, along with that, though, I want to say because we did go over some of this information, you know, fun facts of this, mm-hmm. the cast, all this kind of shit gave a little bit of a plot of just like hey here's what fucking dracula is about but what are some of your standout scenes for you donovan that just stand out to Ooh. you and why do they stand out to you like that um great question yeah. i would say the the whole prologue of the film is really cool mm-hmm. um i like that it's like done in like shadow and there's like puppets and yeah, there are this, you're right yeah and it just it's so dramatic when he stabs the cross and it starts bleeding and the candles mm-hmm. start bleeding and he drinks the blood he becomes i mean it's just it's that sets the tone for the film so well right off the bat of like this movie's Agreed. gonna be a fucking ride um i would say that's that's a standout scene the scene with the brides and keanu is a is a standout scene oh yeah um, yeah yeah i'm like out from underneath and then Dracula comes in and then there's like the two of them that are like conjoined and they like scurry away together. Yes, um, it's just yes. really, really weird imagery. Um, mm-hmm. I love that scene. Um, I would say the, 
uh, scene where uh, Dracula and Mina are having dinner together and she's in that like red gown mm-hmm. um, and the, and it's like cut between Jonathan trying to escape from the castle is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I already talked about the transformation scene where Lucy turns into a vampire and the yes. blood like just like comes against uh, like it just you know fills the entire room. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, her scene, her crypt scene where she eventually gets killed is pretty cool. Yes, um, yes. This the scene where Dracula and Mina are in the bed together. Um, <laughs> right. Yes. Those are yeah. I'd say those are probably my my like most memorable scenes in the film. What about you? What did you? I like would the most? say yeah. I watched this a couple days ago, so I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, because mm-hmm. again, my memory. Because yeah, I've just been working and just you yeah. know forgetting all this shit but anyway um but i would say i mean that scene between her and um dracula mina and dracula in the bed is like Mm -hmm. really fucking hot i'm just like we're about to fuck this is great um so Mm -hmm. there's that i do love because it's so over the top and crazy i love the scene where lucy has been turned into a vampire Mm-hmm. And then they got to kill that hoe. So then they get in the crypt and they're like yeah. trying to you're kill her. But then she's yeah. kind of like playing a little bit. And then they end up cutting her head off. And you literally yeah. see her head just spin around. Spin around. And it's Spins so fierce and, and so kind. It's and so then good. it cuts to like them setting down a fucking plate of roast beef. And I just oh like so fucking funny. It's yeah. so good. Like that is so mm-hmm. crazy to me. Like it's just so yeah. great. Um, I also do like um, because Gary Oldman is hot, even though he apparently was kind of. I don't think it, I think he was intense on the set, from what I can gather. I don't know if he could. He have was doing an asshole, some like but he was doing some know. methody shit. He was pulling some sure. method shit in this movie. Sure. Yeah, but he's also very attractive in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, especially mm-hmm. when he is human, when he is like you know. Because he is Dracula, but then he shows himself as like this hot Gary Oldman type. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, damn, he looks great. So any of those scenes where he is like showing it to be a human, but then yeah. obviously like in the Demeter, like I haven't seen yeah. that Demeter movie that just came out not too long ago. I haven't seen that. I haven't Probably nor, nor will I. I don't I heard it's not very good. But anyway, so um I heard it's not very good. I I, I'm still gonna see it though, just because sure. I love Dracula and vampires sure. and shit. Um, um, but like, obviously, yeah. he's a vampire on that. But like, so you see him like in all of his forms. But I'm just like, ooh, anytime he's just like hot Gary Oldman, I'm just like, yeah, okay, this is great. Oh, I didn't even mention the the wolf and the bat. Like, those are those are pretty cool when yeah. he's a wolf and he's fucking Lucy uh, on the like, ooh yeah, you're <laughs> on, right. the, on the stone table. This yeah. this movie is so fucking like sensual and it, i i mm-hmm. kind of figured that where i was like because that was something where if you look up on google yeah. or something and it'll say like mm-hmm. sensual and i'm just yeah. like yeah no it is like i i get it i totally get it so yeah i think that's some of the scenes that i really like and i also yeah. think like any of those are really good but i also am just like fascinated by the costumes in this movie too and i think mm. it is so i don't know like i do think they tend to do it they're beautiful costumes and i think they are period specific and you know just throw helena bonham carter in here and bitch you got a merchant (laughs) iry film i mean really like do you be great do you have a favorite costume Ooh, oh god a lot of what lucy wears 
I think yeah. it's great. <laughs> like, I don't have a particular. Yeah. She does have some very nice gowns, though. And it's just like, ah, uh, looks so good. Yeah. And then, of course, like the beginning part where they have that armor or whatever, it's very the famous. The armor is iconic. It's iconic. It's very yeah. famous. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, with that, I mean, yeah, a lot of what Lucy wears, a lot of what Lucy and um, Mina wear, like, just. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, that's where I see Christmas yeah. and peak in this like because yeah. obviously it's like similar set times yeah. or whatever but I'm just like oh it looks so good oh it's a Merchant Ivory film oh anyway sorry. <laughs> but like I said throw Helena Bonham Carter in there she could have worked in this movie absolutely she could have she could have yeah somewhere yeah. I think anywhere I think she could have she could have been Mina in this I could have seen that yeah for sure 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 I could have seen it it would have been great but yeah. you know, I yeah. also like I like her generally. But you know, she just she just works in those weird like fucking give me a. Even though I said I don't really like Marie Antoinette that much, but yeah, give me that kind of like fucking period ass clothing. Like we love a period I'm, piece. Yeah, I'm into it. Like I can get yeah. it down for it. You know. No, I anyway. love I the the armor is iconic. Lucy's wedding so dress good. is iconic. I think even when you first see Dracula when he in his red robe like that because that's such a deviation from of course what we have all all grown up thinking dracula should look like um the red is iconic it's very good the red is iconic yeah it's so cool the hair is so interesting oh Um, yeah why did i not just say him god damn oh my god yeah no Uh, yeah Yeah. uh, what he wears in the beginning for sure yes Mm -hmm. because that Mm -hmm. is so very well known and and it's so cool because I look at something, not that I even remember what the Simpsons episode was, or I don't know if it was just a straight rip of that, but like I the fact it. that they made, yeah. they made Mr. Birds look Mr. like Burns. him, like, mm-hmm. it, but it's so, it works because they did it. And it I, yeah. I, I loved it. It was really good. And his little so, yeah, shadow was like using the yo-yo. Yeah. Cause the yeah. shadow work is also pretty cool in this film. It's also something that this film is known mm-hmm. for, like Dracula's shadow does weird things that dracula's body does he does yeah like mm-hmm. that scene with him and harker at the beginning where yeah, yeah that whole thing i was like oh what the hell is that Ooh, mm-hmm. i like that um yeah. but yeah so i think there's that i mean yeah it's cool now i do want to ask because we're both mo's and everything right yeah <clears throat> why do you feel and we talked we didn't talk too much about this but we mm. d- <laughs> definitely mentioned a little bit of like why do you think this movie in particular okay. not that this is a movie that this podcast is about gay movies but of course because we're gay but like yeah. why do you think that queer people in specific really enjoy this movie because i do think this is a movie mm. that they enjoy a lot of queer people seem yeah. to enjoy it and i, I kind of wonder why that is though i think that's a good that's a really good question i think again it goes back to vampires and yeah. their you know kind of analogy for being queer and other or sure. you know, like looking looking like you belong with everyone else but knowing that you harbor a secret or you harbor a dark side or you harbor a part that is different than the rest of society um, this film in particular i think it's just the operatic over the top quality that the film does yeah um you know, I, I think, you know, gay people, queer people, like we, yeah. we, we love a stunt. We love a look, you know, yeah. we, we love, um, we love the bitch's head just like twirling around. Love it. <laughs> we love a bitch's head twirling around. Right. Like 
We love um, down for it. stuff that takes us out of our ordinary and puts mm-hmm. us into the extraordinary and puts us into a world of fantasy. And I think this movie is very fantastical as much as it is horrific and as much as it is, it is bloody and gory. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very, like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of very dreamlike qualities dreamlike. to this film. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, like, it's just yeah. very like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't look like other films either. Like, I don't know. No. It just has this specific style and aesthetic it to it. Yeah. And, and I, and I can't get over that. I just love how 30 plus years on this films, like if it had been released last week, you, yeah. I wouldn't have known, you know? Yeah, I agree. Totally. Now what I kind of wonder is, you said that Robert Eggers is doing a Nosferatu remake, I guess, yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. Would you want to see the Dracula like story be remade again, even though we've had all of these different ones? Like, would you yeah. want to see that? Yeah, absolutely. I like seeing, um, I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's, a, it's Dracula. I think, in a weird and twisted way is like no different than fairy tales. I think it's no different mm-hmm. than like Snow White or Cinderella where, sure. you know, every, every couple of years we're going to get another take on it or an update or like a reinvention of it. Right. Um, I think there's something really timeless about the story that just like lends itself to being reinvented or, or redone every couple of years. So mm-hmm. absolutely I'll see it. And um, right. I mean, looking at who's in the new Nosferatu film, um, like Bill Skarsgård's in it, your boy, Nicholas Holt's going to be in it. <laughs> um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's going to be in it. Willem Dafoe's going to be in uh-huh. it. Like, so I'm, I'm down yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> Is Aaron Taylor that guy to Alien? What is his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. He was in. Did you see the Anna Karenina movie with Kira Knightley? No, I did not. Um, I okay. only know that name because I think he was in some movie I saw before. But he's also the one where, not to like tell tales out of school, but he's the one where the older director lady kind of. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, met him, met him on a set, and now they're married, and he's like way I mean, younger than her. And uh, honestly, there's been, there has been, um, I know, right? But there's also been talks of like, good was you, there girl. grooming involved? Da, 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 da. But you know what? Again, well, good for you, girl. I know. But that's the only reason I know what his name is, is like literally, I was like, oh, it's that young guy who's with the older director woman who I don't remember her name. Sorry, yeah. but whatever. He was also uh, in, um, <laughs> Did you ever see Nocturnal Animals, the the yeah. second Tom Ford movie with um, Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal? Did not see that at all. No. Nope. Oh, you should you should check that out. It's <sighs> if you if you also want a movie that's like just has <laughs> fucking weird imagery, check that out. I, I'm into that. Let's let's get yeah. down to that. Very cute. Love that. Anyway, so I think, you know, and, and to tie it kind of up a little bit, you know, I think, yeah, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying with why queer people would like this movie too. I mean, like, and then also going back to like, you know, at this time when it came out, you know, having that mm-hmm. kind of allegory for AIDS and everything mm-hmm. and for Francis Ford Coppola, you know, 
trying to whether unconsciously or whatever putting that into mm-hmm. his film i think was was something interesting you know so yeah. um i think maybe that's also why too of like hey cool like that's also in there too and you could analyze that to death if you want to but absolutely yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's been a spooky time here on the um, the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. Sure has. Um, it has been wonderful and spooky and all over the place, which is fine with me. Because um, <laughs> it's spooky season, bitch. It's spooky month. You know, all this. That's right. You know, and it's all good. Um, I'm sure I'll be watching like I'm sure I have watched a horror movie every month, mm-hmm. uh, day of this month in some way, shape or form. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Thanks, horror queers. That'll probably end up you're probably doing that uh I, that uh watch calendar so like when it's, you know. when it's spooky season i i love to put this movie on also this movie has a great 4k transfer that just came out last year it's got also there's like three commentaries there's multiple documentaries yes. like this movie is chock-a-block full of special features um oh, love it also love mm-hmm. i recommend you know, if you need something just to fall asleep to, put on those Universal Classics. They're just like so fun yes. to like snuggle up with. I agree. Yeah, definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Donovan, thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk thank about vampires. You for me. And I wanted to make sure you had your vampire moment. Um, <laughs> you know, because why not? Like, you know, and yeah. And plus, also, it's just like yeah this is a great little way to kind of end the month, if you will. Although, Absolutely. don't worry, I'm sure I've. I've haven't recorded them yet, obviously, but I have had wonderful content, you know, in October mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that I will mm-hmm. have obviously produced by now. But absolutely, um, but yeah, I mean, like, um, and who knows? I might have a little. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about what I want to do with actual Halloween. I have an idea of what I want to. I want a really slow Ooh. bonus episode on Halloween. Um, oh, absolutely, of something that's near and dear to my heart. But anyway, oh, good. Uh, well, yes. it was great, and thank you for letting me talk Birds. about something that was near and dear to my heart. So I yeah. again, I'm obsessed with this film, and mm-hmm. anytime I get to talk about it, it means a lot. So thank you. Of course. Do you want to plug your social medias out there for people to sure. you know come yeah, and find you? I mean, if anyone wants to follow me on the Instagrams, you can do so at Donovan J M D O N O V A N J M. I post things about my life, my new marriage, my uh, uh-huh. lots of lots of memes. Um, so yes. yeah, come come check it out if you want. You and the husband, uh, especially the husband, have a great meme game, which I really love. You on threads at all or nah? We're not we're not on the threads yet. I don't know. I'm I'm kind he he is. I'm kind of torn. I'm like I don't know if I need to be or not. You tell me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, and I don't really play with the Twitter either. I guess you don't have a Twitter either. But I mean, no yeah. X, whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay, Elon Musk. And, and and now there's like another one, right? Like who fucking knows, one? dude? I don't yeah. know. We're we're such old ladies. But anyway, it's fine. Literally, I don't have. But to anyway. But anyway, you will be, um, don't you worry, because before we're about to end, we will, when we end, we're probably going to talk about it, but, uh, you will be back on the show, uh, not too long after, yeah. after this episode, cause we got to talk about some other gay things going on. So, Absolutely. uh, <laughs> anyway, but thank you so much for coming on and I hope you have a good rest thank of your you. evening and have a great, thank uh, you. a great rest of your spooky season too. Happy spooky season y'all. Yes. Bye. Yes. Bye.
As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so via email at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com in case you want to give any movie or episode recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you'd like to just say, hey, I'm open to all of it. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can do so on Instagram and Instagram threads at Cult Cinema Circle. I tend to post what I'll be covering for the next week on there, post stories, things like that. On X, I'm at Cult Cinema Circle. On there, I don't really post a whole lot, but if you want to follow the show, it's there for you to follow. And then on Letterboxd, I'm at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I log little movie reviews, I'll log what I'm watching, and then it's also a nice way to kind of see what I might be covering on the show in the future. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much on all of them. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review about the show uh, so we can grow the audience and then just spread the love all around. Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast where I'll be covering 1998's The Rugrats Movie. Annoyed by the responsibility of being an older brother to Dill, Tommy sets out with Chucky, Phil, and Lil to return his baby brother to the hospital. However, they inadvertently get lost in the woods during their trip. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, I am the monster that breathing men would kill. I am Dracula. Take care. Bye. (laughs) 